right, welcome back to another podcast episode, Podcasts of Farming Assets. If you've joined us for the first time, fantastic. Welcome. We're excited to have you. If you like the content, give us a thumbs up. Feel free to subscribe and feel free to share us as well. Don't keep a secret and give this podcast a link to other friends, family, and colleagues. Again, this is all for you guys and feel free not to keep us a secret. Share this episode with everybody you possibly can. All right, welcome back to another episode, and this is our last part of our series of the Brookshire Hathaway Annual Meeting of 2023, the 48 questions and answers uh, to summarize the meeting, the annual meeting, and uh, just been going through a lot of wisdom, lots of parts, and just, I think this has been, for me, it's been a lot of fun, and I hope it has been for you as well. Let's go dive into our last episode or last part of, remember, we're going back and forth, Becky Quick, pre-written questions, and then we have live audience, and we're going back and forth in those. So uh, question 45, Becky Quick, does the current size of the Federal Reserve balance sheet concern you? I don't think the Federal Reserve is a problem, Buffett says, and I think they can't solve the fiscal problem. He says, I don't think the Federal Reserve is the problem, and I think they can't solve the fiscal problem. I do not worry about the Federal Reserve. I think it is fulfilling the function for which it is established. Munger, if you're going to just keep printing money and spend it, I think it eventually causes bad trouble. Buffett, the Fed has two objectives in terms of employment and inflation, but they are not the ones that could create the deficits. All right, so what are they saying here? The purpose and the function of the Federal Reserve is what it's doing, and that's focusing on inflation and employment. They control inflation and employment by controlling the money supply. And Munger's right. If you keep printing money and spending it, then you're going to have an issue. And then, then that's what's happening. But they're saying that they're not the ones that are printing and spending the money. The government is, right? Yes, that is true. The Federal Reserve is doing what it's supposed to be doing. And in like we've said in previous episodes, and we'll continue to say, you cannot have and you cannot be in a situation in a position to where you allow the government to spend, spend, spend. That is the problem we have. We, our government has a spending problem and they don't solve it meaning that stop spending or being become a little more thoughtful and mindful of how to spend and what to do. So question 46, it's an audience question. Should companies move production away from Asia where supply chain shortages occurred during the pandemic? Munger, if you can make things in Mexico much cheaper, it's natural to open up a factory in Mexico. A lot of auto companies have done that. We have to make sure that we have the best system that takes care of the people who get displaced. Buffett. The U.S. is 25% of the world GDP, starting with a half percent of the population, and did it in a few centuries. The system worked pretty well. Yeah, I think Buffett is also in is blinded by what was and not what necessarily could be going on in the future. I agree with Munger. And I don't necessarily think if you can make things much cheaper in Mexico. Again, I've said this before in other episodes. Believe me or not, I don't care. The only reason why we produce things in China is because of cheap labor. They have a billion people. They're a communist country. They're not transparent. We have issues all over. They're the second largest economy because of us and who we are. And I think we need to pull all of our manufacturing relationships out of China 
as a punishment for being who they are and what they have done and mismanaged the last two to three decades of a relationship that we have put time and energy in. Now, the rest of Asia is a different story. You're dealing with a lot of smaller countries. They need economics. They need supplies. There's a very intelligent folks in the continent of Asia, from India all the way through the rest of the Asian countries. And I think any country that is ideologically different than us meaning that they're communists, they're non-transparent, do not deserve our relationship, period. If we don't agree with their politics, why are we agreeing with, oh, but you can manufacture our stuff? That's just stupid. You're not going to invite an alcoholic to be your bartender. It's not going to happen, right? You're not going to have a drug addict be a nurse and distribute medication to your patients. So why in the world do we have a communist country like China as a relationship, a trade partner? Why? People leave Mexico to come. People leave South America, Central America to come to the United States to, for jobs. So why don't we just create jobs in their countries? They don't want to leave their country. So why don't we just create, would that solve the immigration issue? Probably. Now, America is still America, whether you're manufacturing Mexico or Guadalajara or whatever that is in Mexico, Guatemala or whatever. People are going to leave for have always done that. Doesn't matter how great your country is. So the U.S. will always have immigration. But create jobs in those countries and they won't want to all come up here. Why are we doing that? It seems pretty basic and you can make things less expensive when you do that because of the relationships you have there. The costs aren't, you're not going across the oceans. Your costs are utilizing trains and infrastructure that have been in place and that are ground and that should be better. And you can move it all through Texas, which is central to the whole United States and have distributions and logistics from Texas out to the rest of the United States, which makes uh, distribution cheaper. But right now, everything's going from China across an ocean to California, across a nation to the East Coast. Makes zero sense. Zero logistic sense. It just shows you how cheap that labor has, has been. I think it's a big mistake. We can do a much better job. Anyways, that's my opinion, by the way. <laughs> Question 47, audience. Can Mr. Buffett elaborate why he views mark-to-market accounting differently for banks in comparison to Berkshire? Buffett, I believe in both cases in doing it on the balance sheet and not in the income statement. We show it on our balance sheet. We believe in showing market values on our balance sheet. We just don't believe in running it through the income account. We'll consistently do what is legal and we'll consistently say what we think is right. I I thought EBITDA was about as bad as you could get, but they keep going. You know, earnings before everything, EBE, we want owners who understand what they own. It's not hard to believe that. Question 48. How do you transfer your wisdom to your grandchildren and heirs? Munger, I just live my life my own way, and they can observe it as an example if they want to. 
And if they don't, they can try some other way. And I have to pretend I like some of the boyfriends and girlfriends I don't like. Usually, I just bite my tongue and keep silent. In conclusion, Warren Buffett made several positive comments with respect to five of Brookshire's top equity holdings. Top five of its top six equity holdings. Apple, Bank of America, Coca-Cola, Chevron, Occidental. In my opinion, Apple has an extremely bright future with a very loyal customer base within its ecosystem, representing almost 50% of Brookshire's equity portfolio and first and the first company with a trillion dollar market capitalization. Apple does not only have excellent growth opportunities, but it is also returning capital to shareholders in the form of cash dividends and large share buyback programs. Bank of America, Brookshire's second largest equity holding, is a very well-run bank under the leadership of CEO Brian Monahanan. Coca-Cola, Brookshire's fourth largest equity investment, has been a mainstay in its portfolio since 1988. Its dominant role in 180 countries should enable it to continue to grow in the foreseeable future. Chevron and Accidental, Brookshire's fifth and sixth largest holdings, respectively, as March 31st, have large stakes in the Permian Basin. The outlook for Occidental is especially bright with CEO Vicky Hobel promising to invest in projects only where the return on capital exceeds the cost of capital and to use its free cash flow to pay down its debt and buy back its common and preferred stocks. Warren has been adding to its 25% stake in recent weeks. Finally, Berkshire itself is a very well positioned for the remainder of 2023. Currently, its shares are up 11% year to date, substantially exceeding the Dow Jones 2%, but trailing the large tech companies influenced S&P 500 15%. It's uh, BNSF Railroad, Brookshire Hathaway Energy, manufacturing operations, and insurance businesses led by Geico should achieve good results going forward. All right. So there you have it. The summary of 2023 Brookshire Hathaway annual meeting. We have not done this before, by the way. This is the first time we've done this. And, and I don't know if this was good or bad. I'd love your feedback. So add some comments. I selfishly enjoyed this. If you didn't, then you didn't. Not a big deal. That's as Munger says, I'm going to live my life and keep silent. So I'm going to live my life and not keep silent and keep doing what I what I enjoy doing. And along the way, some of you will like it. Along the way, some of you may not. Either way, I'm still going to do it if I enjoy it. So this was, I appreciate you guys spending the time and, and being with us during this journey and these various parts and episodes. And we'll see you guys again in the next episode. Thanks so much for joining us. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, welcome back to another podcast episode, Podcast of Farming Assets. If you've joined us for the first time, fantastic. Welcome. We're excited to have you. If you like the content, give us a thumbs up. Feel free to subscribe and feel free to share us as well. Don't keep a secret and give this podcast a link to other friends, family, and colleagues. Again, this is all for you guys and feel free not to keep us a secret. Share this episode with everybody you possibly can.